people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Tarzan going through puberty. Derek This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting from one of our favorite places. I don't want to narrow it down to a favorite because I don't want to make don't anybody upset. It's seasonal. It's well, I, I know this is a place I'm actually hanging out on nights we're not recording here. Yeah, uh, and that is Seven Stars Bar and Grill, yeah. three ninety eight. A Bascom Avenue in San Jose, California. This is, of course, the as we have mentioned before, the Star Wars themed bar. We love this place, and uh, so thanks to Paul Cunha for hosting us yet again on Wednesday, September fourth, two thousand thirteen. Uh, we have got a lot of news for you, but first of all, let us speak. Of course, our our guest announcer, not our guest announcer, our announcer, uh, all man in Los Angeles. That's you. I am Dave Excellent. To my right, and uh, a frequent contributor, special guest this evening because he has come from San Texas, Antonio. San Antonio. Uh, and that would be Christopher J. Garcia. Thank you. He went full J. I thought the, the J Reverend was silent. Dr. Hugo Award winner. Thank you. Proof there is no God. And to my left uh, is, of course, podcast producer, Moral Compass. Is there any other title you want? Yeah, but we won't go into that. You're not going to get it. Rick Brett Snyder. All right. And so we are, of course, one, I'm going to say uh, right up front, stick around. One of the reasons that we have Mr. Garcia in, besides just love having him, is that uh, he has returned from the Hugo Awards for 2013, or really it was uh, Lone, Star, Lone, Con, Lone Star Lone Con? Lone Star Con 3. It, it was, yeah. Yeah, and there are the Hugos celebrating the work done in 2012. But it's WorldCon. WorldCon, yes. Being held at Lone, Con, Lone, Star, Lone Star Con Con 3 in San Antonio, where the Hugo Awards are Presented. awarded. It's yes. already very confusing. Okay, Is so... That, gonna, does that have anything to do with Lone Star Comics? They, I believe, were there, but no. There's a lot of Lone Star stuff in Texas. Yeah. Mostly yeah. beer. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway. And next year, the Hugos are going to be? Uh, given away at Lawn Con in beautiful London, England. I like that better than Lone Star. I agree. Uh, how are the women's rights? Uh, they seem to be intact. Oh, okay, good. All right, so uh, we got political for just a moment. Yes, we went there. <laughs> and uh, we are, uh, and then, of course, we're going to talk some comics news, some movie news. Of course, because, as we proved again last week, uh, we recorded exactly. on a Wednesday night, and we knew that means that on Thursday morning there will be a major announcement that we can't talk about right. until the following week. Um, and so I, I, I want to play a new game. What prediction will they make tomorrow? 
so uh, we're going to see that. We're going to talk a little bit about television, and let's get the comments. But before we do, I did get one letter, which means, hey. Nate, that's you. Started Kenny, we've got Fatty Bell. Thank you. Now, oh, doggone it, my, my, uh, my, my phone reset, but I'll find it. Um, and that is that we got, I got uh, an email from Steven Nelson, who has been Love an occasional, uh, oh, oh, we have two, actually, I talk, we have two things. Uh, one which will go right into comics, but the first one from Steven Nelson was just a podcast recommendation. Uh, we've been talking about the Thrilling Adventure Hour, first as a, uh, in reverse order, first as a, first as a graphic novel, mm-hmm. and then discovering the podcast, and uh, in contact waiting with the, for the guys, uh, Acker and Blacker, to possibly do an interview. Uh, they're interested. We're just trying to negotiate some timing here. Mm. But uh, Stephen Nelson said, Since you're enjoying the Thrilling Adventure Hour, you might like Decoder Ring Theater, which is a similar recreation of Golden Age radio dramas, though played straight. And that is available at www.decoderringtheater.com. And that is spelled R-E. I'm assuming he's right about that. I didn't follow the link. But... Um, Theater is spelled R-E. R-E. Is that E-R, right? And then he will also particularly recommend The Red Panda Adventures, which is a combination of The Shadow and Batman. Uh, I saw somebody did a a Red Panda graphic novel at Comic-Con, or at least there's a Kickstarter attempt to get that. I have not listened to Red Panda. I have never heard of this before. Uh, no, and and I and I'm I'm glad to put the recommendation out there. I'm not looking for more. Uh, I don't have time to. I, you know, I especially love that iTunes reminds me that I'm behind by putting an exclamation <laughs> point saying you have not listened to uh, to these in a while. So we're going to have a snit. No, um, it's going to stop recording them for. It's not uh, stop, stop, stop downloading, downloading them. For a yeah. while until you tell them to go ahead. Right. Right. So um, I'm. I'm you know, I just don't have that much time in the day. It is not, it is not the form that excited me. Although I'm sure if I listened to them, mm-hmm. I'd be. I, I find it, but I'm not like. It's not like I, I'm a huge fan of old time radio. What made Thrilling Adventure Hour work for me is a bunch of alternative comedians that I like. James Urbaniak is often on there. Doctor yeah. Venture. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I find it very funny. It's well done. I'm sure these other things are too, and I'm sure I like them. I just don't have time. But I'd like to recommend it to other people. If you do, if Stephen Nelson recommends it, it's not quite the same level as when Nate recommends a comic to me. But if Stephen Nelson recommends uh, a certain genre thing, I'm sure it's a quality. It's just a matter of time for me. It's a gr- it- in Dakota Reading Theater is really worth listening to. It really is. Yeah. So are all the other things I'm not listening to, including our own podcast. I got the exclamation point like I'm two, three weeks behind that. I'm like, ah, I got to listen to what we've been do- doing. Um, it's nice to know. These are things that are, if you have a long commute, you should be listening to more podcasts, you know, well, in general. I mean, in general, Us I first, do. and then everybody else. Us first, and... Uh, and we'll tell you who to listen to. Yeah, move to the city and then drive in every day. That'll help. That'll help? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Thanks for your advice. You're, uh, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's a question for the podcast from Ron Talbot. So we're going to roll into comics, and this yes. is important. So yes. we're going to jump around a little bit because we've got to say, first of all, of course, the big casting news, and this is why it matters, is we know from Comic-Con uh, Avengers was, 2 is going to be known as Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes. And last week, after we all went to bed... Uh, and and I think you know Rick was already planning how he was going to fine tune and produce the podcast. Yes, Marvel announced. Although this was interesting, Marvel actually announced it on their own site first instead of 
uh, that's a good press for release. Good for them. Well, no, I mean it's just it, it's the first time I've seen it done that way. Yeah. Uh, because DC does not announce casting. <laughs> well, they stayed far away from the Ben Affleck <laughs> thing. Um, they don't. They don't have any movies. Oh, it's like that's not true. They they have uh, they have one movie coming, and everybody's talking about who's going to be cast in roles that haven't even been confirmed. Yeah, we'll, being in we'll it. see how that works out. Yeah, exactly. Well, you were one who ran with a confirmed. My prediction. I have my prediction tomorrow. DC will we'll announce. predict it later. We'll All predict right. it later. But uh, they did announce that James Spader will be playing Ultron. Yes. In in Age of Ultron. So we'll come back. We'll circle back around to that news and talk about it in movies, like what we think about that choice. But the question came up from uh, Ron Talbot, who says who has been on the podcast once or twice. Right. Uh, he said, uh, yes, Fanny Mail from a flounder. Could the Zorlak give a history of Ultron since it seems he will be in one or more upcoming movies? My vague memory is that he was an advanced Sentinel model. How did he become such a heavyweight galaxy-level threat? Love the cast. You guys rock. Thanks, comma, Ron, O-N, subtext, Peter Pan is my hero. I also think it's interesting in slang term, love the cast. For a moment I thought it was like, oh, this lineup, like, you're, like you like yeah. this version of us. And then I went, oh, it's probably podcast. Short for the podcast. Should, you know, but I was like going cast because Ron is an actor. And you that's wouldn't how say I, love the pod. It just sounds that love sounds the pod. Love we the must pod. Love, the love, pod. The pod. love the pod. Love the pod. Love the pod. If that is, you'll be join the pod. Join if that's the pod. Not one of the subtitles for no. this episode. I'm. I'm love sick the pod. Love the pod. Okay. Love okay. the pod. Ah. So yeah, he's 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 pretty much totally wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> well, let me but, let me let me yeah. deconstruct a couple of the, of the assumptions being sure. made. First of all, I think Ultron will be just one film, and what he conflated, though, yes. In the comics, he did become a galaxy-level threat. I think the confusion is... Well, not a galaxy-level. Well, he was in Annihilation. He was in Annihilation War, yeah. So that's across the galaxy. But then there were so many different galaxies. There were a lot of different levels, but he had taken over the phalanx and so forth. But as far as the films go, I think it's just going to be Avengers 2, um, because we know that the big, big bad is Thanos, and that's going to stay. They're not saying anything other than... Although they keep mentioning... Loki's going to be trying to be play a whole bunch of people against the middle. So I think that uh, James Spader or whoever, you know, Ultron will be one film. Yeah. And, and, and the reason it is just because it takes so much time to do it. Marvel's not going to turn Ultron loose on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for example. No. Um, and they're just, you know, well, maybe he could go out and be Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Who knows? Let's first see if Guardians of the Galaxy 1 works my prediction there, my prediction is that it will actually my <laughs> prediction is that galaxies the guardians of the galaxies have been much more thanos related than the next avengers film they are very much well they it's not a prediction they've already said that we'll learn much more much more but about that we but to remind everyone that ronan the accuser is really the villain of okay. of guardians of the galaxy at least that's what they're saying but if they're taking a page from stephen moffat's book they will lie Lie, yeah, lie, yeah, yeah. lie. And Ronan is True. kind of a villain, but not a villain. Yeah, he's like he's like Zod in Man of Steel. Yeah, he's who well, he, he's not. He's, not he's who he has to be. Like well, he ha- no, I mean he he's who he has to be for his people. Yeah, exactly. And it's exactly. a morality opposed to our own. Right. That's it. So right. let's talk about Ultron. The Sentinel thing is wrong, but here's what I thought the confusion might be. Yes, I could see that perhaps in a dim memory. That I th- I think about it's a- the same time Avengers and X Men had similar kinds of villains. 
Sentinels have been redone almost as many times as Ultron has. Yes. Because Ultron has been redone, recast, reimagined. His re- original design is like a totem pole. He's he's kind of like a like a a, a V like a he's like a, a display at a gas station. He's he's got little wheels in the bottom. Yeah, he's yeah. Small yeah. at the bottom, wide at the top with a head, and he keeps calling um Hank Pym Daddy. Daddy, yeah. And James Spader, we know, has daddy issues. He does. <laughs> but you, you went through a lot of Ultron being the villain and, diff- and from different aspects. So in the battle days, it was just, it was basically, he was a, a robot that was hard to kill. They'd yeah. kill it, but of course his head would go rolling away at the end and somebody would find it. Um, Usually the thing, and then he would lose it. Probably the most one of the more interesting things lately was when the Avengers. I'm trying to. It was uh, Frank Cho's run on the Avengers. Um, Ultron. I forgot. I don't. I've lost track of the numbering. But it's every time it's Ultron, Mark, whatever. Um, Yeah. Let me pause to ask Nate because he'll remember probably better than any of us right now. In the recently finished Age of Ultron, what Mark was the one that that. Started the age of Ultron. Oh, good lord! I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know that they actually. I want to. S- no, I think they did, but twenty like something. I don't think it's that far up because we're, I think we're now we're like getting the Iron Man movie armor, yeah. like Let Mark Forty Three. Okay, I'm on the during Age of Ultron. Blah blah blah. He has Ultron Sentinels. Maybe that's where he got confused with the Sentinels thing, right? Because well, that's Ultron true. Rom made... would be up to date, and it would yes, the, the Ultron was using Sentinels, and the Vision right was coordinating them. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I don't see what mark he was. Yeah. Okay. It, it's it, what's what's kind of interesting about it is part of the way through, about halfway through Ultron's life to date, um, he was recast in adamantium. Yes. And so he became doubly hard. He basically had to be destroyed from inside, or cast into another block of adamantium to immobilize him, or whatever. They had to do. They had to be more tricky. It was less about beating him down. One of the more interesting things about the Cho, and I can't remember who was writing it along with Frank Cho. Maybe Frank was writing it. Mm, was it Mark Wade? No. no. Yeah, like, that um, Ultron actually took over Stark's armor mm-hmm. and basically used the, I think it was used the extremist virus that was still in, in Stark mm-hmm. at the time to remold Stark into a new Ultron that was in a f- naked female body, and there was some the pretty, Wasp. Yeah, it was based on Janet Van Van Dyne. Um, it got porny. What, yeah, what era was, was that? That was just probably five, six years ago, maybe. Okay. I don't think it was even old. that long ago. I, yeah, but yeah, I, I do recall when that. So he's happened. he's always he's always coming back, and he doesn't have. It's not like it's not like really, and every, well, everybody has to raise the stakes on him. So to be to be clear, if the confusion's there. Ultron's originally built by Hank Pym as an experiment as a robot. Right. He has daddy issues. He turn he considers Hank Pym his father. It's it's a lot like the Star Trek episode, which would have been popular about the same time. Uh, the Roy Kirk, um, right? The the Intruder um, right. episode of of, uh, of Star Trek, and so it's the classic robot turned on its creator, and he uh, used the vision, the Human Torch's android body, yes. to put Wonder Man's when when Simon, what's Simon's last name? Um, Williams. 
Simon Williams was considered dead. He put the brain engrams of Simon Williams into in the Human Torch's body, and that became the Vision. the Vision. And so he was the traitor within at the same time that the Justice League had the Red Tornado from T.O. Morrow, who was the traitor within. Yeah. So mysteriously, these guys like Len, Len Wein, Roy Thomas, and... Uh, and Marv Wolfman all kind of living in the same couple of apartments. Oh, no, we don't know why we're coming up with the same ideas. They're all sitting around you getting stoned. You listen to The Wall tonight? Yeah, they're all just sitting around getting stoned. Going, what if? What if there is a robot? I, I think sometimes they, they go to parody each other, too. Or they, oh, they, well, they definitely. kind of push a little bit. But, you know, when you have the swamp thing and the man thing, and they say, no, we didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know. And it's like, really? They have what? <laughs> what? But there was, and they were both based on the heap, of course. Um but the uh, Solomon Grundy. Well, yeah. I, tra- I actually, no, but I know. I know the heap, but, but it was in their minds because I just tracked this in the trivia contest. Okay. That Solomon Grundy appears in the, as the villain in a JLA-JSA crossover, okay. and every caption box refers to him three years before the character gets created as the macabre man-thing. Interesting. Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. But what's, what's I think, getting back to Ultron, the... Each time his his attack is different and his goal is slightly different. So for for one of them, uh, an interesting character was introduced. Besides, he's introduced a number of characters into the Marvel universe. The Besides Vision, the Vision who's a great hero. Also, Jocasta, who was to yes. be his bride. Yes. Who uh, again had um, used uh, the Wasps, Janet. Uh, right. So there's an obsession with her it, life yeah. force. Right. Which went into Jocasta. Um, and it is it is always the family kind of Oedipus or what with a name like Jocasta, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, Fair point. It's it's not. It's all Greek to me. It's comics, Derek. They don't hide it very well. <laughs> oh, that's an anagram of Jocasta. No, it's not. It's Jocasta. Yes, they don't hide you, it. You, I know you went you went too far. All right, go ahead. So anyway. Um, what the most recent the recent one that we talked about is the age of Ultron. Ultron basically went off into the future to manipulate the past to make sure that they wouldn't be able to, to destroy his uh, his succession to controlling everything right. and destroy, basically destroying his big humanity. master plan. At one point, and this is where people I think might get confused with Guardians of the Galaxy, and we alluded to it, is that he had been encased in adamantium and his intelligence escaped to the other side of the galaxy, and he hooked up with this alien techno race called the Phalanx, mm-hmm. and he became the master of them. And so there was, there's this whole Marvel thing of Annihilation. Phalanx comes out of the X-Men. Out of X-Men. So yeah. there, uh, And then he crossed back right. there, and I'm sure the Phalanx had something to do with Sentinels at some point. So it's all getting very incestuous. Uh, yeah. And again, as, as noted, especially with comics in the 60s, Pretty sure the Sentinels were being big in X-Men about the same time that Ultron was starting to appear in Avengers. And and they often would go to the same one. I mean, you know, the same ideas over and over. Yeah. So it's easy there. So there is no straight line that we get to say, but I hope that, that was edifying or at least not boring and people listening um, are like, okay, oh, good. And what, what does James Spader have to do with it? That's what nobody seems to know. Uh, but it'll be the voice I, of it. Before we go on, I, last last week we had a uh, missive from someone who was asking about the Dark Knight. Well, I want to finish up. Okay, okay. I, I'll, I'll segue into that. Okay, okay so yes, so let's go to comics. There was another question. So two weeks ago, it was actually a couple weeks ago that, that and was caught up that uh, I, uh, a, a friend of mine was ask, I was asking for recommendations to start with Batman. 
Um, I think he decided to go with, by the way, Batman and Son as the starting point, um, just because he wanted to get up with the modern. And yeah. and then he walked okay. into it. He walked into Lee's comics and went zero year. What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> so as I know it's it it is. We're back to. It's funny that we go to a new fifty two to clear to clear the deck so no one will get confused. <laughs> right. And then you walk in and you're still like. What what Batman book do I read? And do I read zero? Do I read year one before zero year? Or? Yeah, and uh, which I noted at the Will end of Batman sense? Incorporated, um, at the very end of that, uh, Jim Gordon says says something like, "You know, things are just as crazy as they were back in zero year." Like, oh, way to shoehorn continuity yeah, right. and wipe out year one. Um, there was no asterisk to find out more. Read. All right. So, but we do want to. So he he did. He, he referred to it as the Dark Knight. And I made light of the fact that I I, I have a personal button that we've you, talked. You mocked about. a newbie. Well, you're we, arrogant. We've talked about this. <laughs> that I have a, a a personal button about the use of the term the Dark Knight as as being just Batman. And I I know that it's common. I know it's common. And I but I, and I apologize for. For inflicting my my purest attitude on uh, on someone who is just actually walking into it without any uh, Rick has the bat signal intent. on his left buttock. Yeah. When did that start? When did they start calling? Well, you that's the night? question. We, so we had a nice was, conversation. So, so then, a couple what, nights my, ago. what my friend asked was, as a follow up, was saying he referred to as the Dark Knight because his impression. And again, this is from somebody who hasn't been in right. comics since probably childhood. Okay. Um, and now he's a guy who's not childhood anymore let's not out the age you know um but you know this is i mean and this is going to happen the culture is catching up and people from outside of the comics readership are like good this is what we want to see people coming back in and reading and he was under the impression i thought interesting that at some point in the development of batman the character had split essentially into a family-friendly version which is what more people think of with adam west's (laughs) West's, interpretation And Bob had Kane. become the Dark Knight, which is for those who want their edgier. And if only, like, I, mm-hmm. that'd be interesting if there had, if they actually had done like two continuities of this is the Dark Knight. And, and and he did say like after I talked about it with him, he's going to go back and read the Miller. I said, yeah, but right now the Miller Dark Knight Returns and Year One are kind of they're standalones. Yeah, and and they're fine. And if you're into that, they're just good stories about a take on Batman. But so our discussion was there. It's like, had there been a split, and so I and because the movie became the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. in pop culture, there's that thought of, oh, that's the that's the grimmer one that talks like this all the time. And um, when did that happen? So my argument to Rick uh, was, the nickname had existed almost since the beginning. Lightly, he referred to the Dark Knight. It referred to as the Dark Knight. He is referred to as. Uh, the Dark Knight detective often. Um, probably in hindsight, the archives, when they reprinted uh, the archive editions, if it was from Batman comics, mm-hmm. it was Batman archives. If it was from Detective, it was Dark Knight archives. And so um, they had, so they, they had, but that was, I think, retroactive. That was retroactive. Already in the 90s when done, the archive editions They already coming, made so. the, the new books. And- right. And I, I, my, my feeling was that when Miller used that effectively in The Dark Knight Returns, he was, he was casting an older Batman who was more brutal and more violent. And now we've got 
that kind of ingrained into the current line of Batman, even though it's not the future Batman that uh, happens in Returns. I, I, right. I resent that a little bit because it, it kind of softens the Dark Knight Returns. That, that it's not, I mean, when you read the Dark Knight Returns originally, that was a Batman you really hadn't seen before. And well, now you see, see him a lot. But see, I'm going to argue back is he was extrapolating from there in his own, now we know, his own psychoses. And by the very title, The Dark Knight Returns, which implies that he was the Dark Knight before. (laughs) And if you listen to the first time, uh, again, a podcast I do recommend, and I know Nate does too, the first time that Kevin Smith on Fat Man on Batman interviewed Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison took that apart in a way that I hadn't really noticed. I want to go back and reread, because I'm sure he's right, because he's Grant Morrison. Yeah. is that the, <laughs> you know, it's true, Nate. And um, that, that, that. I'm not disagreeing with you. Uh, thanks. Uh, uh, Grant, Mor- <laughs> Grant Morrison and Uncle Scrooge are going to be talking here. Um, and uh, I should, can it be Brant Morrison, like his, like his evil tweet? Brant Morrison, the bad Scottish accent. All right. And um, that in The Dark Knight Returns, Miller takes him through all the levels of costumes and periods that he's been in when he comes out of retirement. So that at the end, he literally is armored up, a knight in shining armor. He is a dark knight. And, he says, and as Grimoire says, it's epic. So, uh, you know, for a guy who blows minds, he's so soft-spoken. And he's so terrifying in real he gets, life. He gets that all out of him when he's writing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. He's, he's got nothing left when he's talking to people. <laughs> I know. But I've seen him on pedals and go, I'm a crazy Scotsman. If he was to sit alone for a long time <laughs> and not be able to, to write anything, you'd, you'd be a little worried to talk to him yes. all of a sudden. So, uh, anyway. yeah, that's when he turns, when he morphs into Alan Moore. Yes. But, but what I think is what, uh, what I mean is Frank Miller was extrapolating out of Yes, he had his dark things while making the Catwoman a prostitute. And these are themes that show up again in Sin City and I guess to some extent Holy Terror. Oh, yeah. and, and, uh, but it still comes out of that, the, because I don't want to sell short, the work that Denny O'Neill did, uh, right. Neil, Neil Adams, Adams did to, to, to make, and Jim Aparo, to make that character seem much darker and more realistic. Then, though as exciting as they were, Carmine Infantino's work and Murphy Anderson in the '60s, yeah. even with the with the light bat signal, but but the other guys and and uh, we also brought up uh, Steve Englehart and Marshall Rogers right. with Terry Austin on inks with the Silver Saint Cloud, um, and, which was almost uh, a retro kind of feel, forward, but it was still yeah. darker. There is something darker about it. So I think those all fed into what he was what uh, Frank Miller was doing. But it's just like what Alan Moore said about Watchmen, and at one point, though we might recant this now, is like the entire industry changed because he was in a bad mood for a year. Yeah. And everybody imitated him because it sold well. And he was like, ah, it just was bitter. Mm. And then it's, you know, Alan Moore, you go, so it's an even-numbered year? (laughs) (laughs) It was a year. It was a year. It happened during a year. Yeah, yeah, you know, so so I think that's where it is. I don't think the characters split, but there is certainly material enough out there for children, uh, you know, or that's still lighter. I miss that. But, like, I think this week or last week they launched, and I'm very excited about, ooh, yes, water coming back around. Um, they launched um, Batman Beyond Universe. Oh. So, like, a whole book set in the vaguely animated, vaguely comics continuity. Uh, 
the international signal for bring the pitcher of water over here, but not too close to the electronics. Don't pour the water over the soundboard, Chris. Anyway. Water doesn't really hurt electronics. It makes, more it makes it, it's a lubricant. It makes them more effective. Water. Electricity's lubricant. For, for like a quarter second, it's much more efficient. Water, Mr. McDonald? May I? Thank you. Uh, so, anyway, there, there, there is that. So, I, I saw that. But it is a shame, like, you know, for a little while there. I mean, you just, I guess you just have to find old books and old trades. And, and, and DC, I think, is doing a good job. I will agree in. with you, though, that um, Batman, and, Batman and Son uh, is a good starting place, but it's a very uneven graphic novel. I, I think, would agree with I that. I think the only, only, the only thing you really need to read are, like, the first two issues of that. And then jump ahead a bit because... Well, the, yes and no. Two issues of the Batman of Sun part, but included in that collection mm-hmm. is the text book, uh, the text piece of the Joker's coming back. That's and, true. Which sets the whole tone for what Grant Morrison thinks the Joker is. And so that's a very fascinating, right. although very hard to read on digital, which we discovered. Right. That, you know what I will say? What will you say? If you want to start in on Batman at all, in any way, start with the Elseworlds. Because that gives you the absolute thread of what Batman is. The core, yeah. And then when you jump into any regular Batman book, and I did this myself. I didn't really read Batman when I was a kid until I started reading like Gotham. Gotham I, I would agree with you on a couple of them, but on some I disagree. I, would, I don't think the ones that are the, I the Red Rain Bullet or Speeding Bullet, or maybe Holy Terror. I would, I would definitely say Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, God knows, I love Holy Terror. I love that Holy Terror. Great, yeah, Gotham by Goth- Gaslight. Gaslight. I think would would be a good. Uh, that's a good thematic. And that's a fun. One. That, and that's fun. It's yeah. not you know, and it's recognizable themes. Yeah, I don't know if those are. They're coming back in print. I don't think they're in print right now. Gotham by Gaslight, I think, is in print, or at least I bought it new, not but two years ago. But it could have been like, sitting on a show. It could have been a couple of issues Elseworlds, or was yeah, it, just it was, it was, it was, it was. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I'm, what I, what I, what we recommended on the list was to, but just for anybody picking up this podcast now, is we said you know start with the Court of Owls. Yeah, start with what Scott Snyder's doing. People have been talking about the one he did just before before um, the Black Mirror, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. The Court of Owls feels like a better jumping on point because at least it's dealing with what you what everybody thinks they know about Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and I, Batman. I, I agree with you to the extent that if you can find the right issues of Court of Owls and not have to read all the ancillary stuff. No, just like, read the trade paperback. Don't read Talon. Don't read any of No, no, the, no. Yeah. When I'm saying jump in, right. I'm not saying that anybody jump in by buying back issues. I'm sorry, DC. I'm sorry, comics dealers. Buy the trade paperback. And the trade paperback, Court of Owls, just goes okay. one through six of Scott Snyder's Batman. Fair enough. I, I, I didn't look at the graphic novel after that was open, so... Right, but then when I'm recommending to somebody, I say go to the, and you say just read the issues. But people, unless they're going into comicsology, which yeah. is valid, and some people will, yes, you can get the individual issues there. But I, I think when I talk about an arc, it's going to a store, <laughs> because that's what most people are doing. Going to a store, saying, point me in the right direction, and if they walk into a comic shop and say, I want Batman Volume 1, Court of Owls, one, is going to be cheaper than going in and saying, can I have the individual issues yeah. of it? Well, Scott Snyder is is really good, and Grant Morrison is you know obviously superb, but, but done now. I would I would still say that if I was recommending to somebody who wanted to read Batman, read Batman stories, 
and want to get what the current Batman is and get involved in just great stories and great art would be Batman and Robin. Yeah, I would. I agree with that. Yeah, and it's not going to twist your head around like Grant Morrison. Any will. of the trade paperbacks, yeah. but even when Grant Morrison was writing it, it wasn't as right. twisty. Right. Um, so any of the trade paperbacks of Batman and Robin, great place. So okay. Um, so there's that. Let's go through the, what you got this week because the uh, oh, yeah. up top is the is probably the biggest news. Uh, you know of. Uh, well, I, you want to talk about this one? This is I the do Star want to talk Wars, about it. right? The Star Wars. I bought Star two Wars. issues of it. I two, copies. two copies. I got it. Are they are they alternate covers or are you just no the same cover? Now that's Luke Star Killer, right? Does Luke Star, Star Killer, yes. Star yeah. Killer. Have you read it, Nate? No, not yet. A long time ago, be reading it next time in I a galaxy this. far, far away, I did read the original screenplay, so I'm familiar yeah, I, with the. I did in college because they published it in like a photo book thing, if I remember correctly. I know I just leaked online, which still could have been in college for you. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, I uh, recall being fascinated by how grotesquely different in some places <laughs> things were. And how blatantly stolen from uh, so many, oh yeah, uh, so many other science fiction novels, and and, 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 and far more so though. Um, how how much wish fulfillment in the character of Luke Starkiller? Yes, um, as Luke Starkiller was for George Lucas. Now I don't know if that's translated in the book, into the well, comic. Well, I'll, what I wanted to talk about was the art because I'm just loving. I just flipped through this. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. That's Mark, wow. Mike Mayhew. Mike Mayhew. Wow, he was both and Darth Vader and an artist. That's awesome, right? And the the That's art. Peter Mayhew. That Peter is Mayhew. that is like Chewbacca. This is this is like <laughs> Alex Ross. I mean, this is just yeah. That is that that's pose. amazing work. That That's is just ama- beautiful. That is beautiful stuff. work. Yeah, the first thing that came to my mind when I just saw that was Alex Ross. Was totally was let me, come. Was let me blow the Chewbacca joke. Was first thing you thought, but uh, well, the, yes, <laughs> it wasn't the first thing I thought, but it did come around. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, so Chewbacca. this is this is a definite recommend. Chewbacca. <laughs> How you doing, Chewbacca? All right, thanks, Mr. Williams. <laughs> what is Why don't you get us a cold forty five <laughs> and let's settle it? Okay. So the next thing up was uh, I picked up Jonathan Hickman's new book, God is Dead. Oh no. Have you seen this? Have you heard about Did it? Did you even know he was well, sick? I knew, no, I knew God is dead because I hang out with Garcia. But again, it's hey-o. a hey this is, this is a... No, I did hear the th- of this title. I didn't know what it was. It's all the pantheons of older... Drawn by Mike Costa. Mike Costa. Any relation to Nate? Or Ben? Yes. Liar. Yes. Well, both. We're, bro- we're brothers, Ben and I. So yes, if he's related to me, he's related to both of us. Okay. But is he? No relation. Okay, thank you. No, no relation. Uh, Arden, this is really, really good. And the um, uh, each of the pantheons is is well represented. You've got the, the Norse and the... Considering how much he writes, do you Hickman? think Hickman is an android from the future? I think Hickman is definitely doing something with borrowing tomorrow's time today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we're going to come up with... He's going to have to take a year or two off sooner or later. Bendis hasn't yet, so maybe. Uh, that's true. Know. He slows down every now and then. All new X-Men, I'm still a few behind Battle on Battle of the Atom, part two, chapter uh, two. I didn't know chapter one had happened. It oh, there's still X-Men. How quaint. Then we got uh, Avengers AI with... Uh, number three. Yeah. I bought number... I'm caught up. Who does that vision look like to you on the cover? Quicksilver. No, no, no. Um, maybe a political figure? 
Oh, God, yes. George W. Bush. No, close, though. Uh, John Kerry? No, same office. Nearly got us into World War III. Uh, no, who are you going for? That doesn't look like Obama. It to totally you. looks like Obama. And you're going to suddenly blame Obama for getting us into <laughs> World, World War III? I didn't say that, Chris. Uh, no, I know he did. That was Chris Garcia, who was just an idiot. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think that totally looks I, like... I, I, now that you say it, I see it. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. I want to say, uh, Avengers AI is a really good book, but I was very surprised that, one, it spun out of, so we had that Age of Ultron um, follow-up about just Hank Pym that was a fun kid's book. Yeah. And then the first issue of Avengers AI was still a fun kid's book. Then the second issue of Avengers AI says, by the way, all of your technology, kids, is going to turn against you and wants you dead. Dimitri is coming. Ah. And uh, so it turned very dark. I let, Luke, I let Luke read it. <laughs> Dad. But it was sort of like, okay, it, it was with guarded judgment. Shall we talk about the issues raised? <laughs> He does know the difference between comics and real. No, he does. Yeah. But I mean, but what I mean is, it seemed a lot suddenly violent. The stakes were suddenly higher and more violent in the second issue than the first issue was yes. establishing. Yes, yes. And that, and I'm not criticizing. I think it's a good book, and, I, and it was a moment where I went, "Of course, he can handle it." But it was interesting that we both approached that series with the first two books related to it as being like, "Oh, you know, this is just kind of family fun." Yeah. No, that's and it's all about the power of imagination. I love imagination. That's where I'm a Viking. So Infinity Part 2 of 6, uh, the last... Still got to read Part 1. The last, the first issue was awesome, and I'm really looking forward to this one. I won't spoil anything. You got Iron Man, the continued secret origin of Tony Stark, which is... Is that worth getting the... Uh, oh, it's Karen Gillan. I will. Yeah, it's been... Uh, Karen, not Karen. I, thought yes. you, I totally thought you said Karen Gillan. <laughs> no, right? I, I, and I realized it probably sounded like that... Look, I'll read anything that woman writes. Yes, indeed. Especially a diary entry that says, "I want to drink too much old last man. night." Yeah, and I ended up. <laughs> yeah, uh, this Fred is Flintstone. This has been a continued. Uh, it's been really neat the way they've been dealing with Tony Stark being off into deep space, but he's got this so this radio control that he can go back. He worth can, picking up a trade paperback when definitely, it's collected. Definitely, yes. this has been that's an awesome run. That's what I'm planning to do. Um, it ties in his father and the scrolls and the crees and yeah. the recorders and everybody. Uh, new issue of Satellite Sam again with a uh, very. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have friends who rave about that. And I just I love Matt Fraction. The yep. second issue sold out, so I didn't. I I just kind of went okay. I guess I get the trade eventually, but I bought the first. So, year f- we've been talking about uh, Batman Year Zero, but we've been uh, we're into f- issue five of Shadow Year One. I kind of like it. It's I been do. good. I do like it. It's been good. And then we got. We oh, got I love Superior Spider Man. We got three bugs in a row. We got. Wait, are you, were you just behind in buying them? No, this oh. is, these all came out today. Uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, issue number three, with... Dropped it. Oh, you did? <laughs> Didn't like it? Uh, no. Superior Spider-Man 17, with... Uh, Got it. Yeah. Who's that underneath? Is that Scarlet let me, Spider? Let me see. Uh, oh, no, that's... It's oh, Shadow. Uh, that's uh, 2099. That's Miguel. Yeah. So who's that? It's regular Superior Spider-Man underneath, spying on Spider-Man 2099. Miguel oh, O'Hara. Oh, Miguel O'Hara, you're right. And then Venom. Great name. Ven- it is. They've, they've all got, they got Venom and Lady Venom on us? Or? 
I don't Ooh, know. there's a lady venom. Uh, I don't her know. name. Her name. I'm is way behind on venom. Something maniac mania. I got all caught up on Scarlet Spider just enough to to drop it entirely. Well, that, and that's my fear is that I'm going to catch up on a book and go, why was I buying these five issues that I now hate? You don't, so you don't want to feel bad about yourself, so you keep buying it? it, it was, well, no, then I would drop it. But I mean, I, I, I could have saved the fifteen bucks, you know. I've tried to catch up tonight. I'll, I'll read some more tonight afterwards. And so the the rest of this stack is all the uh, forever, forever evil. evil stuff from DC. Now. We we talked about this apparently, although I'd forgotten that that they'd done the optional lenticular covers mm-hmm. for each of the each of the point one books. I want to be fair to you. I'm going to suspect that we put it on an itinerary, and it was one of the things where we got really overstuffed. Okay. We may have dropped what the issue was. Got it. You know, and may have not talked about it as in depth. Just said, oh, it's coming. And I was, totally, have... I was totally surprised when I went in there today and, and uh, hijinks had pulled all the lenticulars for oh, me. Oh, at, at Elusive, it was, you know, it was, you had to ask and talk. And I sat, I, I walked in and Harry, great service. I mean, let me say, he just sat down with me with the checklist goes, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Because it's not correlated to, right? you know, like a Batman book is, is titles disappearing and then there's three villains that would be associated with Batman that are showing up. But it was still... Um, allotted according to what the store was ordering. So if they were ordering 20 issues of Teen Titans and they considered, say, I think there's a Brother Blood, and Brother Blood, uh, the the Forever Evil Brother Blood would be, you could only get 20 copies of the lenticular cover. Because you had been ordering the previous 20. Right. Okay. Which meant that, that, if makes you, sense. that if the sales went up or if somebody said, oh, I, I want to get that character, you know, they had to know in advance, like, were you willing to take a, take a 2D instead of a 3D? And I went 2D on everything. So, so the, they get boxed up, and you know, yeah, I understand. I, I when I saw the covers at first, I'm going, maybe I'll just get one or two, and then I ended up getting every single one of the. I like one, the way that was said. I w- or two, two. I, I wasn't going to. I and I don't think I really bought anything that was outside of what I was going to buy. Right. Uh, which has been my credo this with this because there has so many of these, fifty two of these. And I don't care about most of them. Yeah, there are 52 different villain titles. But it's the like, book yeah. that they didn't do, the one that they should have, and the one that would have had a kick-ass cover. Would have been the would, title the one? The title yeah. book. They did not do a lenticular cover for For Every Evil number one. And that would have been, you've got rank after rank of the hero of the villains advancing towards the reader. That would have been an awesome lenticular cover. What is it reminding me of? It's something from, it's some cover from the 80s. Of around this the what superpowers time? Uh, that's probably actually the cover of Superpowers number one. <laughs> that may well be. And if you see each one of these villains has an action feature, if you squeeze their legs together, uh, <laughs> it's usually this one. Yes, yes, or yeah, this one. Yeah, the the <laughs> arms either alternating. Going Thanks up for and the down visual. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, although it wasn't Lex Luthor, if you squeeze his arms, he would kick. Yes. Yes, and and Brainiac too, and then my favorite was actually Red Tornado because you squeezed his arms, yes. his body twisted. <laughs> twisted. <laughs> it was great. Plastic Man's neck, but I didn't get Plastic Man, so I, you know that's one of my. Old I rails. never got Plastic Man. Well, it was harder to find. That I had all the, the Secret Wars. That was in the third wave when they were already kind of like going, uh, okay, die. Why do they do that? I don't know. Because they're fools. Fools. So here's fools. Here's, I say here's what they're doing. So this is Green Lantern twenty three point one. Yes. And it's it's not Green Lantern swamp. at all. It's Relic. Well, I don't know if we go inside the book and we look at the. I haven't done this yet, so I'm, 
This is this is live. Well, the idea is that it's, it's going to be fitting in, the, in continuity. In the, in the what's this called? The uh, Indicia Colophone. In Indicia, there is. It says Green Lantern twenty three point. No, I realize that, but I'm saying, right. but there, but there's still these standalone villain stories to get you excited about these villains. But I don't know how standalone they're going to be. I'm. That's what I'm hoping to figure out tonight. Now let me take a step back here, people. Take a step back. Yes. Instill sanity on all this, which yes. tells you how the world's upside down. These a are grown f- man wearing a Chuck E. Cheese shirt. That's right. Is going to insa- instill sanity. These covers are freaking beautiful. Yeah. Um, the work they did with these are amazing. I like Relic. I really like Bizarro Superman. And I absolutely love what the Superman... Cyborg uh, Superman? Cyborg Superman. Absolutely beautiful work. This, this is... I mean, these covers are to regular covers as the 4K 3D is to a regular movie. They, they, I'm not... Yeah. You don't really even have to be looking at them so that they are popping or you're moving them back and forth and stuff. They just they just look so really stunning. Well, if, you, if you'd seen in the back, and, and, I, and I completely understand why you would like stop turning the pages to the DC All Access thing at the back... The last couple of weeks they had had like how we put the covers together uh, last month. So again, there were plenty of warning signs. I, I just you, like the impending stroke, which have, is happening right now. I have been <laughs> I've been finding that all access stuff nearly impenetrable to read. No, no. Well, I, I mean, so no, oh, not, not, not the talking about the, I'm not talking about the. We're not talking 52. about the fake. Uh, the oh channel my god, 52. the channel. 52. If that is their idea of what ambush bug is, is the new 52. I want to. I'm sorry. I like him personally. But I want to go and kick Dan DiDio in the balls. I have found that that Channel 52 backup. Those two pages. The stupidest thing yes. they have ever done. I thought it was a don't, fine so, idea. So please, if, please don't tell me of its existence. I know what's happening. I don't want to know. I do know what's happening. All Access follows that on the next page. Yes. I, I mean, hit All Access. I close the book. Right. You hit you hit Channel 52 when you close oh, the book. Me, right. Yeah, right. Right. And so I understand. That's why I said I realize why you wouldn't read the back. Yeah. Because I read those each week and I go, one, they're spoilers for what's happening in other books that week, Yay. which is stupid. Yes. And two, it's like making Ambush Bug like a serious thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is anybody actually... Am I to believe that that's existing in the new Fifty Two? Maybe when they when they close it all down, the last issue of of uh, Channel Fifty Two, he'll pull off his his hood and he'll be Jimmy Olsen. The That'd o- be awesome. The only time it was there was a, a hint of the old ambush bug was when he went undercover at a comics convention in the DC universe. You probably didn't read this one. I don't know. And he cosplayed as Power Girl. <laughs> I did, and, not, and I then, did not read that one. And then there was a, another woman behind him cosplaying as Ambush Bug dressed as Power Girl. And that was funny. Okay, yeah, but, I would laugh at that. But that's one that joke that landed there been a line out, of those. Of, out of 12 or 13 weeks. That should oh, have been a mathematical sad. progression that went on to infinity. In oh, the I, you know, of, look, that they got even half the construction right is fine, you know? So, anyway. so let's, let's burn through these things. So... Uh, Green Lantern, which is teetering on the drop list for me. I, I dropped it. Here. I dropped it once Jeff Johns left. Superman, uh, which is Bizarro number one. And this this uh, this would be the first appearance of Bizarro in, in the, the new, new 52. 52. Yeah. We had, had mm-hmm. that discussion earlier, and I think this you're correct. So that's an interesting take. Uh, the Joker number one. Actually, this, look, he has his face back on. This is my least favorite of the lenticular covers because I think it's just way too busy. It's between I, that and the relic. I, I think that uh, it doesn't it doesn't work as well. Yeah, but uh, it's still it's a it's a pretty <laughs> All right. scary Joker. All right, 
Uh, Earth 2, which I'm amazed to imagine that, is, that is, still, is still being... Uh, I'm, I'm imagining that's Desaad. It does look... It's it got, is Desaad. That's got the, the purple... That's the Desaad that's been happening in World's Finest. Ah, uh, okay. I'm not reading World's Finest. I'm reading both. They're good books. Paul, okay. uh, Paul Evans and James Robinson are doing great jobs so with nice. them. They're classic. We got Two Face number one. Of course, the two the Two Face lenticular is a is not unlike uh, in uh, a theater of blood or uh, not theater of blood. Yeah. Uh, theater of wax. Wax. The House of wax. wax. House of House wax. Of wax. Uh, with the ball flipping out at you, you've yeah. got Two Face's coin coming out of you in the 3D lenticular. And then this is definitely my favorite: the Cyborg Superman. Number also one. being, definitely. I think, the first specific appearance of Cyborg, of Cyborg Superman. Superman. But he's been referenced because the death of Superman still happened. Yeah. In the new 52 really? continuity. Yeah. Don't ask. Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make a bloody lick of sense. And you know what's nice about these? Some None of, the, of it does. Some of the back areas of these, the low, the planes that are further back in the lenticular part are slightly blurred, which yeah. makes, makes it, you get so a better depth perspective. Field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, runner up, I do love the uh, dark side number one on top of the Justice League um, with the, his uh, Omega beams going all over the cover. I think that's that's yeah. really nice. It's a now, cool thing. the other thing that's that's interesting on the back of each one of these is a uh, a lenticular Arkham Origins cover. Yes. It's a an ad for Arkham Origins uh, done lenticular. That alone, if I could just have a lenticular poster. And you've got like little bits of snow that are on top of Batman that are that are flicker in and out. I guess as I should play drop. Arkham City. If only I was not knee deep in infinity. infinity. <laughs> okay, so I, I I got my Lone Ranger up to level seven last night. I teased, well done. I teased before we started recording that I had a mystery package here. Mystery package. First I want you to I want you to tell me Without taking it out of the bag, if I can get it off the well, table. Well, I'm trying to see the shape. I'm going to let is you hold the, it. Is the package itself part, is the packaging part of the mystery? No. Because I, I can't really see. I'm sorry. It's Okay, it's a book. You would find this at a traditional uh, science center where you are given a box and you have to feel inside to see what it is. Ah, it's, a, it's an eel. Um... This is oh, this the okay. So it's volume one. You told me you were see again, and I gotta feel the weight of this. I'm sorry. Um, Oh crap! Again, although if any place would have this pedestal, as I accused uh, Car D'Angelo needs one, you need an omnibus reading pedestal like a classic library with one of those open. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I saw those in New York a couple weeks ago. So. So it's uh, the it's Sandman Omnibus Number One with with an imbo- a, a uh, raised back spine. If I may say, Rick Brechtschneider, a sucker for form. Yes, he I, is. I am. I am an unabashed sucker for book, form. Book binding fiend. I know it's a book binding. It's like <laughs> yeah, I love. I love. We could put the collected writings of Larry Flint if we did the right leather. Um, Which is appropriate. I, I would like <laughs> to buy that. Would it be full color? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Good quality paper. So what's what's nice about this? <laughs> Nonstick. Non-stick. If you look at the look at the edge, what's important about a book? And this book is what three and a half inches thick, easily. Jeez. Oh, so when you look at a book like this, you're going to say, "How is how is the spine kept together?" Because a lot of times DC's done a lot of glue. That falls apart when Tell you... Tell us, Rick, how is the spine It's a stitch in? binding, Derek. And not only that, it doesn't have the problem with the gap eating up any of the content of the okay, pages. Okay, I'm going to ask you something. 
Yes. And this is a report for next week. Because a book this beautiful, and I'm not trying to curse it, is right. the kind of thing that makes me feel like DC did a beautiful thing, and then there's like one page upside down. So <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, thumb through and make sure it is as error-free. I, I will. Sell this book to me. I mean, not literally sell it, but, but convince me that I want this book on my shelf. Because I don't have... You don't have any other I collected. I have one trade paperback. Um, hey, this is this so is actually an issue of the Inferior Five. What? Yeah. Wait, didn't uh, that fit? Wasn't there? Didn't they show up in one they issue? They did. Yes. <laughs> but for uh, anybody who's been looking for this, there has been almost no real information about how this book was going to be bound. How how the co- that it was even that is color. a wonderful revelation. And but I, I do want you to I come will, back and come back. Be, just because. And again, I'm not cursing. I just know DC has a history of they screwing this up. up. Yep. Which is why I can't, you know, they, they have not done an adequate Aztec uh, really? collection. They did do a trade and it was great. And then there was like several pages where the, there was just like a dirt on it. Uh, you know, the coloring was that. And it's like, well, then do it right. Give me a readable copy. And there isn't a readable, which is Aztec's like this great lost series that they should have... Uh, he was in the JLA, too, for a while. Yeah, but it was, a, it was a Grant Morrison tie-in. Right. Grant Morrison and Mark Millar early worked together um, really? and, 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 they, and it tied into Justice League. And it's like... Uh, and uh, it's Aztec, the Tomorrow Man, I think is what it was. Yeah. Was. I have the uh, DC uh, Justice League Unlimited action figure of it. So it was Grant Morrison. I know my buddy Keith inked it. And uh, I can't remember who the penciler was. But it's like, I love the stories of it. It's fantastic. It's whimsical. It fits in the same vein as his Doom, Doom Patrol work. And there's not a good collection of it. There is a collection. It's not well done. To wrap mm-hmm. this, though, this is issues 1 through 37 plus the special, Song of Orpheus uh, be special. special. Sandman special 1. So this will eventually be a two-volume collection of that seems about the right. original series. It will not, however, it won't contain any of the death um, then we need a third so, omnibus. Yeah. I, I think that's probably a, a companion. I would volume. also, I would also say there's probably what also deserves to be collected because they were really, even though Neil Gaiman didn't write them, the Sam tales from Mysteries. the tales from the dreaming. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because there are some really great books in there, and Joanna Constantine, the story of uh, uh, of John Constantine's ancestor, Lady Joanna, is in the, the Tales from the Dreaming. And also the uh, the supplementary materials that were done in the trades. Um, yeah. Is that in there? Because there, some of that stuff was just amazing. I don't think that's in there, mm. unless it was in the books. But I'll look through. and yeah, Maybe it's in the appendix. Yeah. You know, we, and, and I've been looking, too. They, uh, they did an Animal Man omnibus collecting all of Grant Morrison's stuff. Oh, that's right. So I'm on that, that one I want to do. But I'm afraid of omnibuses. They're just so damn big. Yeah. So that is a beautiful book. If it's perfect, it goes on my wish list. And because uh, if any title that DC has ever published deserves to be treated like correctly, yeah. it would be the Sandman. Yeah, Plastic Man. Wait, no, no, not any, not any Plastic Man series DC ever published. Gorilla and the Girl, Angel and the Ape, Angel and the Ape. <laughs> I couldn't remember which it was. Why don't you get another corn dog? <laughs> I haven't had no, any. No, no, Gorilla and the Girl was the Elseworlds version. <laughs> you know what? I'd read that. I, I know you would. So why don't we, because you're dying to talk about it. So let's talk. The Hugos. Yeah, they this just week, This week, uh, the best graphic novel, so to tie it into transition, mm-hmm. was one of Nate's favorite books, one of my favorite books, one of Rick's favorite books, 
Saga won Saga best won. the Hugo for best graphic novel. How long have they been giving away, giving out, giving away, giving out a graphic novel award? This How is, long has Girl Genius been around? Yeah, this is the fifth time they've given it, and there's an asterisk after that. Uh, the first three were uh, 2009, 10, 11, and they were all uh, Girl Genius ep- issues. Okay. Uh, in 2012, it was Ursula Vernon's Digger, which I still is just a spectacular uh, webcomic. Just wonderful. Um, and then this year it was Saga. Um, and, sat, and interestingly, they brought absolute, they sent no one to collect it. So Robert Silverberg actually had to accept it because he looked at the thing and he announced the name and he's like, they haven't appointed a acceptor. So I'll take it. And this, this was actually a point. I was watching on Ustream. Mm-hmm. And this was a point where the Ustream dropped out. But yes. Robert Silverberg is not known for short uh, speeches. No, his was about five minutes long. Accepting for a book they had nothing to do with? Yes, and pre- he presented and accepted. Um, He's your with, idol, isn't he? He was. Well, the reason why is because the uh, Toastmaster and head of the, uh, of the ceremony was Paul Cornell. Yes. And Saucer Country was actually nominated. Cornell was an awesome host for he that. He was pretty damn fun. Yeah. I really, really liked The Paul. fact that he took his shots at you publicly both... Tells me, well, I'm I'm glad that you're telling the truth that he's your friend, but also that like all your friends, he knows you. He understands. <laughs> he gets yeah. it. <laughs> so uh, my what favorite. Do you say your laugh is calling dolphins. Is the, the dolphin Pacific. call? <laughs> yes. Um, but also important, uh, the winner of best novel, uh, John Scalzi, or as I've been calling him, Scalzi's for Red, Red Shirts. Shirts. Which is a novel I need to buy and put to the top of my read pile. Yes, you do. You would love it the most. And I say that with no irony. No, I which know. Which is so says, hard for I, me. And, and I want to say, actually, another friend of mine was over there, was there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, do you know Frank Maxwell? Name's familiar. He lives up in Washington. I used to go to church with him down in Gilroy. Huh. And uh, so he he put some posts up on Facebook that at least I interpret as meaning that he was there. So mm-hmm. I was just curious if you... Eventually, everyone runs into Chris runs into Garcia. Me, yes. I was just curious. I'm the Forrest Gump of this universe. Oh, God! And it makes so much sense. The other thing is the, the two dramatic presentation. Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> of course, uh, the Avengers won Best Dramatic Presentation Long Form. Oh, this uh, is 2012. Right, yes, right. accepted by my good friend Steven Silver. Uh, I don't know who that is. Wonderful guy. Good guy. Steven, if you're listening, I know you're not. Um, but more important, if we tweet this correctly, he might. Yes, was the best dramatic presentation short form, often referred to as the best Doctor Who category. Yeah, with three. Cornell actually called it the best, uh, and now uh, the best Doctor Who short form. Yes, no, best, uh, yes. Um, with three nominations for Doctor Who, the winner, of course, Game of Thrones, Blackwater. Um, so came out of nowhere to win that. Hilarious thing is that that one. Then there were the three Doctor Who episodes, and then the option of giving no award actually beat out Fringe, which to me is giving Fringe way too much credit. Wow. Um, but yes, I came in second and third in Best Fanzine, lost SF Signal by a significant margin. You know, I, I just we can not not the last season of Fringe was awesome. Really, but I think they had lost a lot of people in the season prior to that, and. I think it really deserves some kind of a recognition for, for, for what they What did. I'm going to say I like about Fringe right now is I'm still way behind. That's not what I like about it. But what I like is that it is, it, 
is sorry that they lost so many people but were still able to finish the story. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like going, and I've talked about with this with other friends, I have a few, that uh, like watching Lost feels now like if I were to go back and try to watch it, the, the moment is gone. Yeah. The zeitgeist is gone. Right. But not enough people were talking about Fringe while I was enjoying it so that I can go back and just sit down and I will be able to catch up and I won't feel like spoiled. I won't feel out of time. I'll up that a little bit. I could actually go back and watch Fringe episodes that I had watched before. I could not do that with Lost. I think I could, I think I could go back and start Fringe over from, from yeah. season one because it's been so long since I've watched. And see, I hated season one. And I stuck it through to season two and then just lost it. Just season one went it. way too slow. And then they realized it towards the end. And yeah, and season it really two really took it the really pace picked up. up. And then they kind of got the second last season kind of got a little bit befuddled. But season the last season just just took took the lid off of it. And it, it, was, uh, it was really pretty awesome. And by the way, may I congratulate... The Fanboy Planet podcast. For what? For 17 nominations in the nomination cycle. That makes it 10th above podcasts like Escape Pod and The Nerdist didn't get as many nominations. Nerdist didn't get that? The Nerdist didn't get that many nominations. We didn't beat The Nerdist. uh, Yes, you did. We did. Yes. Also, uh, things like Sword and Laser. Well, guess what? Enjoy your burrito, boys. (laughs) Uh, no, uh, because I should mention Thrilling Adventure Hour is part of the Nerdist family. So I'm not going to lord it over mm-hmm. them. Because you ask, would I rather No, have I'm a, not lording it. I'm would I, ra- would I rather have a Hugo or their popularity? I'd rather have their popularity. Yes. You'd rather have, have a Parsec. I'd rather have a network of... Uh, we're not there. We're far from there. But maybe with, with Nate's beachhead in Southern California. Um, is, he the, is he the expeditionary? It's experience? all on you, Nate. He's our Admiral Peary. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, I just I say as I want to, be, I, you know, that's that that's really exciting to know. Mm-hmm. We do what we do. I if if they recognize it, wonderful. Last year, I really, you know, when when you said that we were not, it's not that we were so close that we were even the running was so far afield from anything I'd thought that it was like, ooh, you know. So I'm not. I sorry, I'm not going to pander. But more nominations this year than last. That's no. true. That's growth. That yep. is growth. That's growth. You've also, got quite a lift there. <laughs> yes. Also, of course, at Worldcon, uh, we discovered that Fred Pohl died. I saw that tweet. Longstanding. Um, Beat me for a Hugo in 2010 for best fan writer. And a very nice From guy. the future, dead Fred Pohl had dead gone Fred back Pohl in time and beat time, you. Yes. No, I'm sorry. But yes. So. I, he was, you know, honestly, Frederick Pohl was one of the first... I don't. I wouldn't be able to tell you what short story it was, but of, of what it's the the first hard sci-fi writers I ever read. Yeah, he was. He was. I read him pretty early, but he was never one of my super favorites. No, never until was. Until I met him, he was not a super favorite. Um, but I find it more rewarding than say Clifford D. Simak. Yeah, definitely. Who keeps luring me in with high concepts, <laughs> and then nothing ever pays off. And I don't think Paul ever wrote a Star Trek. Well, I don't care about that. I mean, I really had just read some. I don't. I couldn't tell you what. I picked up a novel early on, or I think when I was in sixth grade and joined the sci-fi book club, I just devoured everything. Yeah. Wow. You know, um, I probably should rejoin that sometime. You and, probably should. What, I mean, with the for extra time in the day club. <laughs> for people who aren't aware of it, uh, like the top novels. Stories. Oh God, what is the top one? Um, well, he was a big editor too, right? He was so, a yeah. huge editor. Uh, probably. After your Campbells and your Gernsback, he was probably the next level 
guy. Uh, I think he was editing If uh, was his big one. Okay. Um, but the the biggest thing that he's been known for lately was actually uh, the way the future blog the way the future blogs I think or was uh, is his blog looking at the history of science fiction. Oh, oh yeah, the way the uh, no no it's the way the future was. Yeah, which yeah. is spectacular. It's a two good. volume set, isn't it? Yeah, it's and he does, he did a blog, right. which is also all that stuff, and it's just amazing how much this man went through. Uh, he was at the first science fiction convention there ever was held. Well, how old was he? I mean, because he three. It was. We'll call that a win. I yeah. mean, yes. it's not when we. I mean, yes, I'd like us all to live forever. But if somebody makes it in their nineties and has still got their faculties and is still vital to whatever it is they love, it's like Philip Jose Farmer a couple of years back. Yep. I think that's 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 grand. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. kind of in a weird way, it's cool that it happened during a world con. Yeah. So that the people that would most come together and talk about him were there. Yeah. And I wish I had been, I had actually already left. Uh, Sorry. And there were some, there was a couple of friends of mine in Chicago fandom who I would have loved to have been there for, but, you know, I wasn't, and it's a shame. But Fred Pohl, you know, he was probably the last real legend of that era left. Yeah. And I can't come up with, off the top of my head, anyone else. So... No, yeah, well, yeah. it says we realize, it, well, we're all getting older. There we go. And so yeah. those, those grandmasters. Maybe Silverberg. I, I honestly, I, I, I'm surprised he's still alive. I saw him this weekend. He's great. No, I Good know. Shape. I know. And I'm glad he's still alive. I enjoy Silverberg. I like mm-hmm. his work. Um, that was another one, a weird thing where, like, uh, I think one Easter, my parents gave me a copy of, uh, well, I'm sorry, the Easter Bunny in my basket, <laughs> gave me, like, an Isaac Asimov's science fiction digest or something, and thought, you know, the, the magazine. Yeah. And in it was an excerpt from Lord Valentine's Castle. Great book. So I read all the Valentine books and, and then got into Silverberg for a while in, in junior high and high school because, you know, so... Um, I'm pleased that he's around. It just surprised me because he, it felt like he had been around for a while when I started reading. It. When I was in high school, there was I went down to San Jose. And that was even more a while ago. Yeah. I went down to San Jose State one night because they had advertised they were going to show um, a film. We didn't have VCRs or anything back then, and Star Trek was off the Primitive time. Primitive time. They were going to show a 35-millimeter print of Trouble with Tribbles, and David Gerald was going to be there. Ooh, I love that guy. And it turned out not only was David Gerald there – but Robert Silverberg was there, and uh, Ted and Weena Sturgeon were there, and they wow. panel discussed. And I have a black and white photo of all of them looking so much younger than they are now, or less yeah, dead, less dead in some cases. Yes, um, but uh, it was a it was a great uh, evening. That Did uh, Gerald go to Worldcon? I don't I think know. He was because on Facebook he was saying he, was he wasn't Western going Con. to. He was, yeah. he was at Westercon, and he's going to be at Worldcon, I think, yeah, next but year. He was he was boycotting because of it being in Texas. That and could all the be. Right I thing. think so. That's uh, not on you. So yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, good. I know. And 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 Rick keeps trying to convince me that I need to go to Loncon. You should. Except when I say that, I realize no, I can't go to Loncon. I just need to go downtown for that. And just <laughs> hey oh oh the Loncon oh Lopez Lon-con. I miss you. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, can we let's talk a little bit about movies? Great. And uh, so rumors that got confirmed. Of course, the day after we finished. Of course, Bradley Cooper is Rocket Raccoon. 
You know, I'm I, just going to let I'm, that one just thump. I, 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 <laughs> I'm so mad about this one because I don't, I th- I don't think they're going to use his voice on unmodified. No, 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 no. Don't, no, no, no. That, I think you misread what reader Brian K. Shimada posted. was like, if they modified it. There was no, no article I've read said that's what they're planning to I, do. Uh, but I can't imagine they're not going to modify that voice. Yeah, that's probably... And when you're going to modify a voice like that, I don't know why they go with... Get a voice actor, not an actor-actor. Yeah, get, a, get somebody who's used to doing emoting through their voice. Yeah. Okay, what's his name? Ron Paulson? Because you Rob know what Paulson. Been, Rob Paulson. What would have been awesome? Mark Hamill as Rocket <laughs> Raccoon. Nice. I, I said, didn't I say that one? Uh, the, uh, you but, said Danny DeVito. Rocket Raccoon, I, right. yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, Nate Costa as Rocket, Rocket Raccoon. Raccoon. I would, I would pay to see that. I would say they're, they're. I'll be Groot. I am Groot. Um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Two guys who, uh, who I think you can use their voices and modify them. One is Paul Rubens, and yeah. the other one is and I can't remember Patrick his name. Warburton. Patrick Warburton, both because of their work in Star Wars. The uh, uh, well, Star here's Wars, my other yeah. question: Are okay. they going to do motion capture? Probably and if so, not. is it going to be? No one really knows what they're planning to do. He's <laughs> they're going to do motion capture. No, I'm not going to go there. No, well, if it's green screen, it's not a problem. No, I, I, what I they, can say they're is, going to do motion capture, but Peter Dinklage is going to do the motion yes, capture suit. Is Peter Drunklage is going to do the Drunklage. motion capture? <laughs> Every uh, what I can say, you know, is that following uh, James Gunn on Facebook, he has posted a lot of pictures with. Um, raccoons and badgers and the ilk. So I know they've been studying. I mean, we can at least extrapolate. They've been studying what they actually do. He's got a real bad raccoon problem in his backyard. <laughs> but, but the thing is, they're so deep in filming, and they'd already used Rocket Raccoon in the trailer. So, um, and they've already got test, you know, footage that showed up of what they showed at Comic-Con with Rocket Raccoon with both machine guns or both <laughs> lasers ablazing. Um I think they're just going to go straight up CG. I don't think they're going to motion capture it Hmm. because Bradley Cooper's come too late in the casting. That's an interesting point, which is troubling. You you still get a better fluid motion. I I do understand what you're saying, but I will say the thing with with James Gunn is James Gunn might want you to have that. He's like Robert Rodriguez going back with Spy Kids 2 and making everything look like Harryhausen. Gunn might just like might enjoy giving it that feeling of, of unreality and reminding people just, hey, we know it's not real, so let's not pretend that it is. Well, the reaction the reaction of the other actors is usually what I can tell. Yeah. Um, and the, the perfect example of this is uh, Gollum. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Gollum. Andy, Andy, uh, Andy Serkis. Serkis. Absolutely fantastic. Should I be worried that all my son really wants for Christmas are Gollum action figures? Yes. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Pretty. That's it. That's, That's all it. Got. All right. Uh, the next one, of course, we said James Spader is Ultron. Interesting. And that's all I can say. Like, nobody freaked out, but it's like because nobody nobody has an investment you know what, in Ultron. What I think is helping this is that he's been on commercials for the Blacklist lately. Oh, and yeah. And his head is really close-cropped hair. Yeah. And he is kind of – he is – a player above the game kind of character, yeah. In that, so it's not, yeah, not it, that it, much I of a stretch. At Comic Con, they had a very weird display for it. Yeah, was outdoor, and you they went had, into, uh, uh, No, um, no, that was the Sentinel. 
Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, and there you go. Sorry, Ron. That's where the confusion is. Yeah, it's, it's Rick. It's Comic-Con. It's all coming from Rick. But at Comic-Con for the black for the blacklist. Um, oh, for the blacklist. So the NBC had that thing by the tin shack or the fish shack. Right. Um, so they had Grimm. They had Dracula. And then they had a thing. You go into the blacklist in this room. And they did projection mapping on an outline, a glass outline of Red Reddington. And they just projected... J- uh, James Spader onto it, just kind of like making little veiled threats about how he knows more than you do, right. and and then just you walked in, they go look at it. Okay, our presentation's done. Uh-huh. Let's go out. Um, and it is. It's kind of like you know, it's the poor man's Godzilla experience. <laughs> oh, that, that was just James Spader doing stuff that, that really got... had nothing to do with anything. Else. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was kind of like, <laughs> well, I'm a little uh, peckish right now. Is anybody want? <laughs> You know, I think it was like the level of the. It was more like you know, he's so threatening because he's in handcuffs. No, I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed, but he's escaped. It's just a projection on a glass screen. Uh, Devilishly close. Whereas I believed the Godzilla encounter that was awesome. Still the best thing I've ever seen in the Comic Con. But uh, but you know, so I mean, he is a character. He's an actor who has a veiled sense of menace, but can be both. You know. For a guy who seems like he wouldn't be that versatile, he is. Like, he can be innocent, he can be evil, he can be the knowledgeable above it all. I mean, because he was, like, on The Office, when he had that season on The Office. Robert, Robert California. California. That was hilarious. He was, And he was, at the same time, hilarious, above the game, playing, playing yes. a game that you weren't even aware was going on, and... Oblivious, all at the same time. Yes, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, so he has a unique quality, but and it and it's people have like, you know, posted pictures of him, and I like researching last week to post a little article and looking at old pictures. I thought he's also an actor who's aged in a very interesting way mm-hmm. compared to like, well, he really was like this handsome California boy, you know, and just like, oh, you know, it's like I would have wanted to smack him if I'd known him in the eighties. When, um, during the Brat Pack, uh, during the era. Brat Pack era, but he wasn't part of the Brat Pack. He was he always was separate. Still, yeah, he was. He was. It was the and era. Then, and then of, sex lies and videotape, and then you know it's just kind of oh, and the uh, the secretary, the secretary, oh, no, just secretary, of, secretary. Leave that article off. <laughs> and you know, I highly recommend that movie. He was at one <laughs> point. It looked like he was going to be. I love home. that movie. It's yeah. a date night movie. It, it is. Yeah. It, at one point, it looked like he was going to be like the next genre superstar. Uh, he did Wolf. He did uh, um, and Stargate. And he Stargate. Was in Stargate. So he was only Stargate, which I forget about because I'm sorry, I didn't like the movie Stargate. It was okay. Oh yeah, you know. So, but but a lot of people love him for that. You know. Yeah. So it's true. He's, he, so he's an interesting choice with an interesting voice. And I and not knowing what they're going to do with Ultron, to me, the voice has got to matter. You know. Yeah. But I would think by casting someone like him, then Ultron is going to at least at some point appear far more human. Than Oid. Now, I I will believe that they will modify his voice, but I think what is important for Ultron is not the voice particularly, but the phrasing, the way mm-hmm. he the way You're right. He's delivered. an actor with phrasing. Yes. So many people forget how important the phrasing is. Not me. I don't. Because you're about the form, baby. I am. Rick is about the What's form. What's the binding? <laughs> Sorry. Matt, we're here so it's, mango habanero can come out. <laughs> binding's just a metaphor. For the Cold War. <sighs> All right. So prediction for tomorrow. Uh, wait. Oh, you know, a, a rumor that cropped up, and it's just rumor. Benedict Cumberbatch as a Sith Lord in Star Wars Episode Seven. 
very excited, but not confirmed. Not confirmed. Just as last week we were sure, or some people at this table at least ran with it on Facebook, that Brian Cranston was Lex Luthor, and Brian Cranston debunked it on Monday night. I didn't, I didn't run no. it. No, you ran it on Facebook. You, and I you, posted on Facebook after I read it in the newspaper. I know. This is what's wrong with journalism. Yeah. Because Brian Cranston Cranston goes, I just played a role with a shaved head. And somebody asked him about it earlier, and he said, Well, I think he's a misunderstood guy. I'd love to play him. And I think I actually said, I'm if this is true, I'm not wrong and I'm I'm not And the fact is okay with it. If I had to choose out of any actor I know who's working right now to play Lex Luthor, he'd be my second choice. Who'd be your first? Sadly would be Kevin Spacey. (laughs) Because he... I did love Kevin Spacey. He was really good as Luther, and I hate to say that. No, he was good. But I think think for what they're doing, I don't think there'd be camp. I think Brian Cranston would just be this complete, terrifying Luther. But the question is, do you want a Luther who's in his 50s, or do you want a Luther who's in his 30s, or even 20s, possibly younger and jealous about Superman? Of course, here we are speculating about nuance in a screenplay that will contain none. So, um, what city are they going to ruin next time? Uh, Gotham. Uh, so, Gotham. they did uh, announce that Transformers Four has a new t- title, yeah. "Age of Extinction." Thank God, and we get Dinobots. Away. Dinobots, really? Thank we God get Dinobots. Transformers Four. Yes, it's that Age of Extinction. So yes. It's Transformers. And uh, <laughs> I'd watch that. I know you would. <laughs> I'll hate myself for it, but I'll watch it. Thank you, Bugs. I'll do it. I'll hate myself in the morning, but I'll do it. So uh, here's, uh, here we are. We're reaching the end of our movie news. So, Nate, your prediction for what wild casting thing that will set the internet abuzz tomorrow when we can't talk about it on the podcast? How about yes, Jonah Hill as Lex Luthor's Toady? What was his name? Otis. 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 Yeah. Otis. And you know what? I think you have a very good point there. But I think that the real big casting news is going to be, and we're all going to be shocked, is uh, Zack Schneider is actually going to make Space Owl the movie. We're finally going to get that that opus. Space Owl? Space Owl. What is Space Owl? Space Owl is a running gag that apparently he and Richard Cheese, the lounge musician, have. And he says, if you use my music in your little Space Owl movie... Is that why he did Guardians of Gahul? That could well be. (laughs) Okay. My God. My prediction Mm -hmm. is that DC will finally admit that they have no idea what they're doing. And stop all casting for all movies that's, until that's, they can finally get things together that's, again. That's just simply that not happen. going to happen. I would have a lot of respect for them if Save they just a lot of money. edited down episodes of The Flash into a two-hour <laughs> two movie. The yeah. John Wesley The John yeah. Wesley ship. Well, they did. There are two that are edited that way. Yeah. Uh, I would, uh, I'm going to say they're going to cast uh, Zach Galifianakis as Hawkman. They're both very hairy. Wow. Actually, I would buy him in the biopic of uh, of Harry Knowles. I don't want to talk about it. That'd be a great. That'd be a great biopic. I got. I kick, somebody. I, I got the. Uh, I got the uh, ad asking me to kickstart Harry Knowles' TV show on allegedly PBS. 
um, which was just the local Austin PBS <laughs> affiliate, but still asking me for my money. I'm like, you know, I like the, you know, I just don't find him personally entertaining. I wish him no ill will. But everybody I know that knows him goes, mm. I, you yeah. know, I still just find, I, I would rather put you up there and claim your Harry Knowles. You might not know anything more than what you're talking about, but your voice is at least in a register that won't cause me to want to claw my eyes out. So I can do that. You can. So Sunday night, The Chew, which is this talk show that seems to be very food-based, hence the name The Chew. I yes. don't get it. So they were, I guess they're popular. Very. So ABC chose them to do their entire fall season preview. Wow. Which was in the day the best, the thing I waited for the most was oh. that preview epi- issue, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, I was stunned. But I haven't still doing seen them. one yeah. of those in at least a decade. And they keep, they've been doing them. Um, they, I saw used, the one they used to three do them like ago. during prime time during the weekdays and they'd advertise the hell out of Oh, it. I know. And yeah. I was thinking, and I can remember being like a kid. Was like, yeah. well, you wanted to watch that Friday night preview Friday for Saturday night. morning it TV. Was, it was yes. right up there with getting the, the Sears Christmas uh, wish book. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the big but, uh, toy box at Sears. Yeah. And uh, so they had about ten minutes on, uh, on on Shield, and so it was kind of kind of interesting. Cool. Uh, interviewed each actor individually, which I, you know, I mean, they're very limited in what they can say on an ABC talk show about their ABC show that they're hoping is going to vault them all into stardom. So here's a question, though. So uh, my mother was watching this, had no idea. Because, again, we like to mention, there's a significant portion of the country that is out of the loop and is not Comic-Con. We may even be related to some of them who are not aware because they haven't been, has been pushed down their throat for six months. S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming. S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming. <laughs> so she saw the trailer that had, like, the flash of Captain America's shield and the hammer. And her first thing was, is this a movie? Is this related to Batman? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Is this a movie? And I said, no, it's a TV series. And she said, do you think people are going to watch this? And I said, well, yes, I think it did. She said, would I be able to watch it without having seen the movies? Uh-huh. Which she hasn't seen any right. of them. So, I mean, I know Marvel's not going for the 73-year-old uh, you the know, demogra- matriarch demographic. demographic yeah. But the question is, I, if it is a good question, to me, I take for granted. I said my, my immediate retort was, and I admit, it was harsh. I was tired. It was a retort. The Avengers is like the biggest movie in the world. Is there anybody besides you who hasn't seen it? Um, no, I mean it wasn't that bad. It was, but but I thought well, about I think it. That's everything, actually everything I've read about it, it really looks like it's going to be divorced from the main storylines of the movies. Yes, there now, might be some there might be some offhand comments, but nothing that's going to be in involved. In right, the like you can't talk about it. Well, I think it'd be more like what happened in I think it's Iron Man two in the middle. Hey, look, here's a package from Tony Stark. Where uh, where Agent Coulson says, "Oh yeah, I got to deal with the thing in New Mexico." Right. Yeah, and you know it's setting up for the because the hammer appears at the end. Right. And I, as soon as he said New Mexico, I went, "Oh yeah, we've seen I've seen footage of Thor in mm-hmm. New Mexico." But the average person isn't going to catch that. But if you watch back, oh, right. there's that clue. But those, so I think the show is going to be full of it. They're, they're right. little tidbits or right. Easter eggs for the for us right. weirdos. Right. Now, if you but, uh, if you, you go to uh, the cinema, the pre-screening things that they do at uh, the movie theaters. Uh, previews? No, no, not the previews. The thing before the previews. <laughs> no, start. no, no. Those pre. Uh, uh, those I know commercials. What you mean. 
I thought yeah. I hated AMC where the, yeah. with the bouncing red ball yes. that goes, oh, you've just Up seen. on Cinema Vision or whatever. I think it varies you've from. You've just watched. Yeah, you just watched. Yeah, they have a five-minute five video And on. there's always something that they talk about that you didn't see. Yes. Like, I know, I was here from the beginning. You did not talk about that, you <laughs> lying little red ball. Well, you fell asleep during it. That is not true. But uh, the one they had on. I don't fall asleep until the middle of the actual <laughs> movie. But the one they had on Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. was great. I mean, it really, yeah. they showed a couple of uh, stunt, uh, stunt things, because that's my favorite part of these things always. It actually made, what was it, uh, the new Riddick movie look, it, look entertaining. Riddick? Yeah, I'm not excited. No? Except for that one cinema bit. And I'm going to say Riddick, the movie, sounds like Pitch Black just redone. Yeah. Yeah. But the Agent of Shield thing looks But I like great. Pitch Black. I it, love Pitch Black, but if I want to watch Pitch Black, I'll watch Pitch Black. Yeah. Um, That's uh, crazy talk. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Without going too far away from Shield, this week's Entertainment Weekly magazine has a like yeah. four or five page article interview with Josh Sweden. Yeah, yeah. And a big uh, article. By now, on, by now, actually, that's last week's issue. Is it last week's issue? Yeah. Um, the, the, I did read that. Yes. And the uh, big issue where uh, big people were upset, and this is hilarious. People are upset that Josh Sweden said he felt that Empire Strikes Back was a ripoff movie. That. He does not He's like the ending. Right. Of, it's like, how dare Joss Whedon have an opinion different? And I'm like, really? Again, we're about to enter World War III, and we're fighting over whether our two sci-fi daddies <laughs> agree on the way you should end a movie trilogy. Yeah, so. He's right. He's totally right. I'll kill you, man. Totally right, man. I will cut you with this plastic cup right now. Honestly, I kind of want to see that. <laughs> Stop fighting. You're tearing Sorry, Nate apart. Nate. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. I know. Podcast Co- without a cause. Coco's getting upset. <laughs> Do we have anything else on the agenda? Yes. Okay. Um, and the last thing, and I haven't had a chance to play it, but I want to say it. So my homework for this week, Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion did come out last week. Oh, it did. So it is downloadable. I downloaded it last night. Is it on Steam? I don't know. I just saw it on the PS Network, went ahead and got it. Okay. So that's two in a row. DuckTales and Castle Illusion. And you've and been enjoying DuckTales. I've been enjoying DuckTales, though I'm going to wait because I can't play, like, I can't have two files for it. That's the only drawback to it. Huh. So my kids were playing it. You can't have two saves. They can't have two saves. Uh. Right. So my kids were playing it. I want to keep it for my kids. Right. Let that, you know, let them, so rather than have them freak out, uh, <laughs> or especially the nine year old. Um, but I was reading an article on this and saying real, that you know this is the, the interesting thing is that Disney had really re- recognized why Disney Infinity was such a they've got a lot focused on this is they realized they had bobbled their video game strategy so badly and yet I can say like Castle Illusion when I saw that game that was the game that made me want to get a Sega Genesis yeah pretty much and so uh, but Disney does not have a long track record of great video games since then but those two right out of the gate DuckTales and Castle of Illusion were great and then you had you know um, Kingdom Hearts which is getting redone right uh, remixed to 1.5 but Kingdom 5. Hearts that was Square Enix when I was, was Square it? Enix yeah. they yeah. licensed out and, and I, that's going to be next yeah. week it's actually that comes out next week uh, i sorry I gotta go I gotta pre-order something <laughs> um, it, and honestly it's a wonderful I mean Kingdom Hearts was one of the games that really got me into Disney properties wow it's a fun game. My kids love it, oh, loved yeah. it, you know, and all that. So I'm hoping they just redo and remaster. So I'll come back next week with a report on Castle Illusion. Perhaps you'll download it too if it's available on Steam. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. 
Well, so, I've got a PS3, but I don't have an account ever since they blew the accounts. I've never set up a new one. When they blew the accounts? When they were hacked and everyone's account got it compromised. Oh, like when Bank America got hacked last year and didn't talk about it and changed my credit card? I don't have a Bank card. America account yeah, either. I know, but I do thanks to, you know. No, I, yeah, that's, that's another thing. Yeah. I, they would find sense. Question, Nate. Are we talking video games right Yes, now? yeah. Has anyone played the Deadpool game? No, I just realized it was out. Like, I just think in the... Is it a console? Yeah, it's a console yeah, game. It's 360, PS3, etc. The whole okay. thing. I saw it at uh, GameStop last week. So I think I will get it. I will try it. I, I listened, didn't like the voice necessarily for it, but, um, but I, again, it's like Ambush Bug. I don't know what Deadpool would sound like that would make me happy. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Deadpool. No, I don't know. You know, I just don't. I, I just don't Dave know. Dave Coulet is Deadpool. Who? Dave Coulet. Get out. Oh, <laughs> I will cut you with this cup. <laughs> now Nate's gonna drive up tonight and kill you in your sleep. Um, what big Alanis Morissette yeah. fans? And I want to mention also next week. Rick in particular is gonna want to do this. I don't know about Nate so much. Probably. Batman 66 Hero Clicks come out next <gasps> week. Oh my. oh my. You know, I haven't really been buying the Hero Clicks. It's not about buying, about playing the game. I think you I might know. just want those really cool little, little tiny Batman villains. I have to show you something you else want I just to, bought. You want it. <laughs> a miniature Cesar Romero. Oh, they gonna rest have on the, your shoulder. Are they going to have the original Batman villains? Yes, they're all there. Oh, I took a photo at Comic Con. They got Egghead. <laughs> Vincent Price's Egghead is is one of the heroes. So is King Tut there? Those. Yes. <laughs> I think that was. So... Why haven't you dressed up as King Tut for Halloween? <laughs> oh Believe my god! I thought about it. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> it would oh, work, wouldn't it? He would so be Victor Bono. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been living with that all my life. Oh, my God. I, I'm a second-degree boner. And weird, I've never even thought about that until right now. And <laughs> no, no, like, wait, wait a minute. He's dating a costumer. <laughs> we didn't say he was bright. And he's never done that costume. Linda, you listening? He's, he's a few hairs short of a wig. This, this is my actual hair. Really? Yeah. Uh, I know. get it. <laughs> That's my point made. All right. So if you've got questions, compliments, commentary, whatever, if criticisms. If you the Deadpool game and would like to tell us <laughs> exactly. all about it. Please write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. You can listen to us on iTunes where we would appreciate your subscribing. We would appreciate your rating us. And we would really appreciate you telling your friends. Or you can go to www.fanboyplanet.com. You can listen to us on the Stitcher app. Uh, and, of course, there's PayPal there if you choose to uh, either something that you uh, heard about on this podcast, you want to purchase at Amazon because you are not near your local co- a local comic shop, because I do want to keep those guys in business, but we do appreciate the support through Amazon or PayPal donation. We really appreciate that. You get a little taste. Just a little taste. Just get a little, little taste. Bam! Uh, you know, uh, mango habanero has a, it's a little taste. Taste of mango. No, you don't want to taste the mango. You don't. Uh, anyway, so uh, I am Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Christopher J. Garcia. I am Dave Kafta. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers only for good.
thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Dragons! And had like a really bizarre, it was kind of like, that's a really pandering name. Politically correct man. Buana Buana. All right. We should probably wait until you're finished with your corn dog to start. This is delicious. Into the show. Yeah, those things are pretty amazing. Uh, Translating for Derek tonight is Chris Garcia. That'd be an interesting show. Thank you for coming, be, Chris. You hack. Chris speaks corn dog. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> he also speaks linguisa. I think that is your own self-loathing coming out. <laughs> and pearl tea, oddly hey, enough. I don't, I don't loathe myself. I'm just not very fond of me. <laughs> well, given all the things you've done to yourself. Yeah, that's true. I can totally understand. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> I'm so dehydrated, it's so funny. What have you been doing this dehydrated? It's just hot. Justin and I were out in front of the house today, sanding down the front door and the garage door. Were you having him doing it in semicircles? Uh, No, we were using a power sander. Oh, okay. We're going to paint him tomorrow because they need it. Then I went out, got new locks and latches, got them rekeyed. Ooh. So I can understand why I'm thirsty. Because basically, the rest of us, we were getting into the house too easily. Yeah. So we've got to rekey the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Whole new pattern. It's based on a Fibonacci sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I blame you. You just keep opening the door. It's Good kinda, point. It's Fibonacci minus primes in sequence. I'm following that. I wouldn't be able to do it, but I could follow it. I could do it with paper. Six. <laughs> nice. Oh, stay there, bus. No. <laughs> that bus could just stay here, then we can like, see. Break down. Break down. Break yeah, down. Go. Take down. Break down. Kick down. Is that the song? Yeah, that's, that's, cop? that's the song. I like songs. Do you? Music is a, is a personal hobby of mine. Is it? Yeah. Nate, the countdown is uh, five. Nope. One, two. Two, two French fries to go. No, and no, no, no. And he's got a stick oh, left. Sounds delicious. And he's gonna. Oh my god! Oh, and, Nate, and crumbles. Nate, he got Nate. the bottom crumbles. Because you can't. You have to. And Nate, I gotta say, you know how sometimes you you bite into that that corn dog and it's just a little too hot, and you got that pizza flesh melt thing. This wasn't. Yes. It was just right. Was it was just right. right. They served me. The perfect linguisa corn dog. Goldilocks and linguisa corn dog. And slowly Super. above, with no fuss, the l- stars were blinking out. That's right. And and don't get me wrong, tonight, in about four or five hours, I'm going to regret it. <laughs> yes. But, oh, I love paying the price. <laughs> but that the time in between, that's when the magic happens. All right. Nate, are you ready to go? I'm ready.
Okay, I'm going to give you a three count. Not that it matters, but I like feeling involved. Three. <laughs> okay, we'll try that again. Three. Two. Two. Three. Two. One. Nate. Oh, listen up, fanboys. Use your powers only for good. I'm going to try that again. I, but I, I've been meaning to say this. Just don't yell into the microphones. Don't increase your volume. Just okay. all say it. <clears throat> yeah. So, Reminding I hope you this stays in the podcast. Yeah, 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 okay, fine. Reminding you to use your powers only for good. See the nuts on better. Now now can you actually get a little bit I think we I think we started getting louder because I was trying to shut up like Andy or Lon. <laughs> who we're gonna, who we're gonna, we're gonna say. screw it up. Use, yeah. For poop. Yeah. For poop, yes. Although Ooh, you know one. what the most distracting thing about being here right now is? What? Jedi is on. It's on multiple screens. It's on behind you too, Chris. That's what I love about this place. I'm gonna bring my son here in a couple of weeks. Food's great. I know. And we asked my my buddy Michael, and I asked uh, Paul on Sunday night. We said, you know, can kids come? And he goes, Oh, we want it to be a kids' place just before eight, not after eight, please. We're like, Oh, please, you know. But kids would eat this eat this up. So yeah, both gonna bring our sons and. Arrange a play date. We sit and we have our Wisa and our children talk about Minecraft. Surprise, universe! It's me, Deadpool, Marvel anti-hero extraordinaire. This is my launch trailer, and research shows that trailers, dubstep, and absolute chaos go together like Wolverine and bad haircuts. Ah, yes, dubstep. The dulcet tones of a computer being lobotomized that make kids go wild. That being said, drop the beat! Deadpool, Mac, babes, mayhem! Let's get it on, Deadpool! Oh, yeah. Deadpool. Oh, I love old 8-bit games. This game isn't old. Poor 8-bit moron. Really? Yeah! Okay, numbnuts. Deadpool. Back, babes, mayhem. Back, back, let the quest for booty begin. Cable, what is this? It smells like tacos. You like tacos, Wade? Uh. Silence, fool. It's so loud! Uh, <laughs> it's babe, 
sign up for this. Oh, I'm gonna get dizzy. Rise and shine. Can somebody get a microphone? Because this would be a perfect time to drop it. Think fast, dummy.